Welcome to Machine Learning. Well, I've tried to podcast every day, and uh, this morning um, took some time off and just relaxed. Sometimes sleep is the best way to get answers to your your problems because it helps you evaluate where you're at and. I always have these dreams of basketball playing. I'm um, playing at the top of my game. And uh, it's kind of one of those cool feelings like, um, like just when uh, I remember this one time we were in practice and uh, I was really good at the three point shot. And uh, the. Uh, Defenders, I could see, you know, we were going against the defense and they were working their, the team was working the defense and I was on the second team. Uh, but I, uh, I remember I, I was really hot that morning and I think I made like uh, five three pointers in a row. Every time they'd throw it to me, I'd hit that three pointer and it got, it got kind of like funny because uh, uh, I kept hitting those three-pointers and it was uh, it was the next game the, the team was losing and they sent me in and I hit the first came in, caught the shot, hit the three-pointer, hit a drive, made a couple of free throws. I think I made like 10 points in two minutes. It was, it was pretty, it was pretty sick. But uh, anyway, they got got the team uh, caught up and uh, and uh, they ended up winning the game. And uh, later on, the the uh, the news people always liked to interview me uh, for some reason. They whether it was in the newspaper or on radio. But they, they'd like to get my comments, you know, on how I thought the game went. So they, they brought me up and and they uh, were talking about, you know, the turnaround and wanted my opinion about what, what had happened and stuff like that. And and uh, the coach uh, commented that, that uh, I had been shooting really well all during the week. And, 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 uh, and that, that was one of their decided factors in putting me in in that, those two minutes to allow me to you know, help bring the team back. <clears throat> but I'd been used to playing against big guys. I was only 5'9", 5'10", and I'd been used to playing uh, against 6'5", uh, and se- almost 7 foot, 6'9", six t- six at the time, players, and learning to shoot over these really tall players. So I wasn't afraid to, to drive the lanes and, and to try to shoot up over them. And uh, had a good leaping ability. But my, my, my problem was is I was only 125 pounds. <laughs> I was a cross-country runner, track runner. And so just didn't have much body mass to me. But uh, I was really competitive and, and I could jump really good. and. Um, That's when I really realized that basketball was more like football. It wasn't like volleyball or or 
other sports where uh, you had minimal contact. Basketball was a, a, like a full contact sport. You know, you could get clothesline, <laughs> you could get uh, elbowed, you could get you know some person backing into you, and uh, you know it's a uh, it was a very contact sport and a dangerous sport. You know, people get hurt. They go up for a layup and their feet get cut out from underneath them and they fall on their back. And it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, always always amazing to me that uh, people don't break ribs or, or come out with more serious injuries by playing basketball. But I have these dreams where I can do things like slam dunk it and I can, uh, you know, I'm really good shooting from the three-point, which I was, you know, I guess in my mind, I, I, I visualized shooting from that three-point uh, uh, range. And statistically, if you think about it, if you're a really great three-point shooting team, you want to shoot the three-point as much as possible. It changes the game. You speed it up. Um, for every three-point shot, you know, if they're taking a two-point shot, you're just going to accelerate um, faster. And if you can keep your percentages up around 40, 45% hitting those three points, uh, the three-point game is, is going to work to your advantage. And so having that threat from the outside and from the inside uh, becomes, creates the, changes kind of the dynamic of the game of basketball. So the three-point three uh, shot definitely... Um, speeded up the game and also changed the dynamics so that teams wouldn't just have these low scoring games where they just pass the ball around. Uh, you had the 24 second clock, which was a nice inter innovation. So you had 24 seconds to shoot the ball. And, um, you, you had more fast breaking, slam dunking, high percentage shots in the paint. But also you have these fantastic shooters who are hitting the from the, th the three-point range which uh, increases the di uh, dynamic of the game you know it, it's interesting they never did change the height of the basket basket uh, there was one time talk about maybe changing it to 12 feet and that may making it more difficult for uh, for the high percentage shots like the slam dunks in, inside the paint but they left, they left it at 10 feet. And, uh, you know, that seems to be the standard. And I'm sure that basketball's rules are going to constantly change. And uh, just to increase the entertainment quality and, uh, and also to uh, add maybe some elements of randomness to the game. Um, I, I think it was originally YMCA that developed basketball. It was kind of interesting. They'd, uh, they, they had a basket, and the objective was to get the ball in there. And, uh, you know, in some of the ancient societies in the Mayans, they would uh, have a, a whole uh, a stone circle, and then they would have a hard plastic uh, that they would pass around with a foot, and they would be able to hit this hard, or not hard plastic, hard rubber. They would hit this hard rubber with their hip. And then uh, they would, the objective was to get the ball through the, the hoop. And so there were spectators that would watch 
that sport. And they would play it on an open field. And it would be a lot like uh, modern-day soccer, with the exception of instead of kicking it out of goal, you're, you're trying to hit the ball into a hoop with your hip. I don't remember the first time I played basketball. I think it was just uh, in grade school, trying to uh, set up the teams. And we remember playing a sport and then kind of liking it, my friends liking it. And we used to go over to the school all the time and play on the out, outdoor courts. And then we would play, my friend got a, a, a basketball hoop and we played over the, at his house. And um, I think I got one later. I know I did definitely had a board and a hoop and I put it up on in the garage. Uh, and we had a um, <clears throat> kind of a shed and I used to shoot baskets in there when the tractors weren't in there. And then I got one of these, uh, these, uh, what do you call it? Uh, it had a, a net where you could throw it at it and, and it would bounce the ball back at you. So I, I practiced, uh, uh, throwing it at the, that thing and then running to a spot, catching the ball and shooting. So one of the things that when I went to BYU's basketball camp, they had tra- trained us on, which I, I went every year, and my parents were nice enough to move my pipe for me while I I went and uh, played basketball. But uh, one year I, I was there, and uh, Frank Arnold was the coach. And it was interesting, later as a temple worker, I, I worked with Frank Arnold and, and got to talk to him a lot about basketball and some of the famous players that were there like uh, Danny Ainge and, and uh, Mike um, I can't remember, Mike Smith, Michael Smith and uh, Greg Kite, those are some of the old names but uh, uh, some of the famous players that played underneath him. Anyway they he taught uh, to do defense and he showed us how to do the defense and sliding around and uh, also how to do a catch and shoot from a position. So you just catch and shoot, catch and shoot. And uh, so you run to a position, catch the ball and shoot. And I got, so I was uh, pretty good at that. And so um, when I get into the basketball games, you know, everything is a product of your training. I just catch and shoot, catch and shoot. And, uh, that kind of worked to the disadvantage because our team will like to spend a lot of time passing the ball around and stuff. And, and I wasn't as good at my game as I was if I just ran to a spot, catch the ball, and shoot it. And uh, as long as I could keep my percentages up high enough, then it worked really good because I could make a, I could make a, you know, a few points, and then they'd pull me out. So I usually just bring me in when they need to make a few points and then pull me out. So I had a lot of time on the bench and um, but you know it was until later that I realized that that uh, they were just uh, using my skills to help the team get better 
And so from that standpoint, I wasn't ever going to start. And, uh, I, I guess later I had some resentment about it, but, uh, you know, at the time I wanted to see the team make it to state and for us to become state champions. And I think we got third place that first year when I was a junior and, uh, I think fourth place when I was a senior, I played on the team both years, qualified for the team and, you know, I played my part, so I felt good about that. And that's important in corporations too, because you're going to have different egos that are running and they're, you know, they're trying to, people are trying to get work done. Uh, there's objectives that need to be met. There's management that wants certain things to be in place. And so people are running to get across that line. So everyone's playing different roles. And it's important, you know, that you're not seeking the uh, to be the superstar all the time. You know, I, my, one of my best friends was the superstar All-American. And, you know, he did great. And he performed. His stats were, were great. Um, and he performed well. And there were some games I noticed that he, his shooting was off. But for the most part, he had, a, he had these good games where he, he could hit them from the outside and from the inside, and he was uh, an overall great athlete. And he went on to play college basketball. I always hoped to, to go on to play college basketball and, and, and uh, win a scholarship and you know, make the team at college. But after I came home from my mission, I, I didn't have the same passion as I did for basketball before I went on my mission, and I was more interested in computers. And so, uh, hence the study of machines for the last 40 years. But, you know, as I look at machines, I, I kind of agree with my uncle, who is a, a scientist at Rockwell. Uh, he had a PhD and he said, machines are just starting to become useful for people. And that was back in probably the late 90s. I had just graduated from college and I was telling him about some of the computer graphic games that I was working on. And I was working in the beginnings of 3D. And, you know, 3D is prevalent now with Unreal Engine and, and uh, OpenGL and DirectX. Um, Direct 3D, you know, you see lots of uh, 3D stuff, but he was saying back then, he goes, computers are just starting to become useful. You're going to see what the computers are going to be capable of in the future. And he's right. I think they are starting to become more useful. They're more compact. They can do more work for us. They help us understand what's going on in the real world. And uh, they're becoming quicker at communicating more information in less time with less interactions. And and that's the important thing is the more interactions you have, the, the more t time is required to transmit information and concepts. So if the machine can do some of this work for you and the interfaces can be more uh, organic then you're going to be able to transmit more information quicker. And, you know, we, we're starting to see some of that with cubes and 
and uh, Power BI and visualizations and different types of charts that can show us lots of information. Uh, you know, in, in Seaborn you have uh, you have different um, types of plots that can show you uh, population and incidents on the left and right side of the graph, plus show you a histogram on the top and, and right side. So those distribution graphs can communicate lots of information and they also can show you a trend or a regression line. So those are some of the innovations I think we're gonna see more of as machine learning and visualizations start to uh, become more powerful.